Welcome back to All Rights Reserved, your exclusive entertainment law and law school podcast with your hosts, Kayla and Suna. Today, we're going to be doing a deep dive into entertainment internships, what you can expect if you've already nailed one down. And we asked you if you had any questions about entertainment internships, and we got a few questions. And so with that being said, we're going to answer them at the end of this episode, and we're looking forward to getting to them. Exactly. Also, just a brief disclaimer, there is construction happening in uh, the apartment below ours. So if you hear any banging, that is what that is. And I wish I could control it. Yeah, I wish I could control it. So (laughs) at least we know what that is sooner. Exactly. You know, I'm not like, you know, murdering someone in the sidelines, you know, but anyway, So the way we're going to do today's episode is we're just going to go through the internships that we've had in chronological order, talk about what our day-to-day was like, what we liked about it, what we maybe didn't like so much about it. And we wanted to do this episode because between the two of us, we have a lot of different fields of experience now between film, TV, digital, and music. So we thought it could be an informative episode for any 1Ls right now or 2Ls right now, or even 3Ls just looking for entertainment work. Right. All right. So why don't we start with our first internship after 1Ls? So I can go ahead and start with that. So basically, long story short, you guys, um, I started applying to entertainment studios around December. I would say November, December um, of my 1L year. Um, That was for summer internships. I didn't hear back until around, I want to say February or March. But yeah, the hiring cycle is much later for entertainment. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So don't get discouraged if you don't hear already. I know it's only January, but <laughs> they're coming out. So I think for me, um, I ended up getting an email from HR um, from Paramount and they said, hi, like, are you interested in marketing legal? And if so, like, do you have any marketing experience? So then I emailed them back just answering a few questions. And then she actually sent another email asking more questions. And I'm like, okay, sent that back. And then after that, I got an email for an interview, but it was a phone interview. So (laughs) this was already like my third interview already for them. That ended up going super well. I know that there were four of us at the time for that phone interview. And then out of 800 applicants, right? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So crazy because I was a one out. I had like no experience, which was insane. And then after that, I think I waited like two weeks and then I heard for an actual like in-person interview. And so by the time that happened, I think it was already like, I don't know, was it like March or April? I don't even remember. But by that time I had gone, I had already had like other jobs lined up actually. I actually had another job uh, lined up, but it didn't pay. So I was really banking yeah. on Paramount. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously being actually paid had two jobs. very nice. <laughs> actually had two jobs lined up. Oh, look at another, you. Another that, um, one of the other ones was an entertainment job. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was a great experience, but it was with like a small f- firm on a production, like a small production firm on the studio lot, which is great and all. But I think I wanted that like big experience yeah. working at a studio. Well, it definitely, so, definitely helps to like beef up yeah. your resume. So what kind of, so you get there, you're like, it's your first day or you yeah. know, first week or first few weeks. So what did they have you work on when you were at Paramount? 
Okay. So my first day at work, you know, I went to work. I had absolutely no idea what to expect in terms of marketing legal. I didn't even know what marketing legal was. I actually tried to Google it prior to see like what there exactly are like no was. resources, by the no. way, hence this <laughs> podcast episode. But still, like I, I've been there too. Yeah. So I literally was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I had an open mind and I knew that I would just learn on the job because that's kind of what they expect out of you. Um, I don't even think they expected me to know exactly what marketing legal was because it was a really new area of law, I would say. So basically what happened was I went to work. The first day of the job was a lot of training. Um, I remember like everyone was just showing me how everything was done. Um, And then So basically what marketing legal is, is when a movie comes out and there's billboards or movies end up becoming, you know, home video or DVD, you know, like on billboards, like on the bottom, it says like all the producers' names, all the writers' names. Oh, all the credit, yeah. All the credit. So (laughs) exactly. So literally all we would do is like sit through that and make sure all the names were correct all the names were spelled correctly. Um, who comes before who in the credits? Because right, all the agreements are very negotiated it's, for credit, exactly. right? So you have to make sure that uh-huh. they're honoring that obligation. So not only did we do that for billboards, but we did it for all the home video that was coming out. Did you get into um, merchandising at all when you were there for like their movies kind of, or TV shows? Yeah. That's really cool. So, so kind of like I think we for one of our movies I don't really remember which movie it was but I remember we had like toys coming out and we had to do that and then also like I remember at the time I was working on Rocket Man I don't know if you've seen Rocket Man oh that Great was movie. such a good movie yeah. I loved that yeah. movie so I worked a lot on Rocket Man and I remember um we did a lot of agreements with vendors So we were doing a lot of like distribution vendor agreements. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember at this point. It was so long. It feels like it was so long ago. Um, But we did a lot. It's like you're handling how the movie's marketed, whether all the credits correct. If you have any, you know, third parties that you're doing distribution with those contracts, like literally, I feel like with film and TV, if something needs to be done, there's probably like five contracts related to it that need to also get done. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and one of them is written by me, I swear. That's and pretty so cool. I kind of just did that. Um, a lot of it I would actually I got to watch I got to watch Rocket Man. Oh, work. you got a private screening or like so, one of the company well, screeners? Well, yeah. So what they do is they they give you like a you know access to watch mm-hmm. all their films and stuff. So that was really cool. So I was able to watch it and then um Oh, also, I remember um, we also did a lot of the um, trailers and also a lot of the, um, what's the thing on TV when the, the commercials, that's commercial. what it's called. <laughs> you guys, I, my head is spinning and spiraling. So I remember we did a lot of that. And so I had to make sure that the music was cleared. I had to make sure that there were no Coke bottles in the background. I had to just make sure that everything was clear and everything was good to go. And, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. it was a lot of transactional work. And then, you know, after doing that, I kind of figured I kind of prefer like more litigation, but I mean, that was a great experience. I actually had a lot of fun doing it. 
Well, I think it also, it's useful because if you want to be in entertainment, you need to know how things work. And the best way of learning that is to actually be in those kinds of positions. And I think that it's very beneficial that you got to have this experience right after 1L. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I was reviewing paid ads. (laughs) Um, I remember I did statements of work. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically that would help with the like obligation, deliverables, um, you know, for new marketing contracts. And then I also started drafting influencer agreements. That was kind of a new thing that, you know, no one had really done before. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of did that a little bit because, you know, we got influencers to market our movies and stuff like that. So, you know, it was a really great experience and I learned a lot. And even though I had no idea what marketing legal was, I feel like, you know, it came full circle there and you I, go. It was, it was a great experience, but I, you know, I, I just think that like, even if it's not something that you necessarily are dreaming of, or, you know, ever thought that you would get into, you need to just take the leap and see Mm -hmm. if it is something that you want to do, because I would never have known if I didn't do it, but no, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Suna, why don't you tell us about your first job after 1L? I shall. So my first job after 1L was working for a music attorney in his private practice. So I got that job by applying through our school, through the externship office, because he went to our school. Um, But at the time, I was also, I did have a label lined up that didn't end up working out because they went with someone else, but I had interviewed with Interscope. So I was also waiting on that, but I didn't nail down my Uh, summer internship until like mid-May, just, you know, for context, because I feel like, you know, if you're a 1L right now looking for a summer job in entertainment, you're probably not going to see a lot of postings because entertainment just works on a completely different timeline. So (laughs) if your classmates who are interested in public interest type stuff or who are doing OCI or like getting job offers right now, like don't be hard on yourself because like entertainment is just a different world. But anyway, so (laughs) um, I'm really happy that job worked out because he has been in the industry for decades and he has like the craziest, coolest, just anecdotal stories of, you know, oh yeah, I went to the Troubadour this time and saw this artist. And I think he actually saw Elton John at the Troubadour, by the way, speaking of Rocketman. But um, so while I was there, it was funny. My first assignment wasn't even legally related to like anything. It was to Mm -hmm. read a book that his client wrote. uh, It was her autobiography and write a pitch for it to be a movie or like a documentary or something because he's also a producer and he's a manager. So I was like, okay, this is an interesting assignment. So in retrospect, I think it was a test to see if I'm a good writer because uh I've heard from multiple other people who have interned for him that that was also one of their first assignments was writing related, like reading something. Well, it's a good thing you're a great writer. (laughs) I mean, it worked out. But so that was my first assignment. And then I got to do some composer agreements for films. I got to review a lot of different kinds of agreements in general. Um, They were actually having a bit of a slow summer when I was working there. So I didn't have a lot of like time sensitive drafting work, but I did do some Mm -hmm. drafting work, which was cool. And then another thing I had to do, which I had not anticipated at all, was I had to draft a pleading for a bankruptcy proceeding. So what happened was, yeah. So (laughs) that's so random. I know. So basically what happened was this. So there was some like compilation album that this company put out and then the company went bankrupt. So when 
a company goes bankrupt. I mean, there are all sorts of different kinds of bankruptcies. I can't remember which one I know. was, but basically this album was part of the bankruptcy estate assets or whatever that was about to like be sold off or something. Um, so my <laughs> boss's client was a photographer who's images had been used on the album. So there was a photographic license. So I had to find out um, how to protect the license from being rejected or whatever, because the license was in perpetuity. So forever. So it was like all this legal research I had to do and the pleadings were to be filed in Chicago. So I had to like Oh my Look goodness. up Illinois law and stuff. Um, That's a hefty assignment. It was. And the thing is, he didn't know what to do either. So like, yeah. he was, he's a transactional lawyer. Like he doesn't do litigation. So he was sort of relying on me for it. And like, I just remember oh logging God. on to like Lexus and Westlaw looking for sample pleadings for like, you know, a motion or, or I can't even remember what the title was, but it basically, we were telling them that they shouldn't reject the license, whoever ends up buying the, wow. the asset or whatever. Um, so that was an interesting one. And that was my first assignment that was related to litigation, which I followed up with two all summer, but we'll get to that. Um, but overall, it was a good experience. Um, since he was such an experienced attorney, I got to ask him a lot of questions and I got to learn a lot about the practical side of things and how projects come together. And since it, at the time it was just him and his junior associate, we would all have lunch together every day I was there. So I was only there, um, I think two days a week. Yeah, it was two days a week. Um, but it was nice because I got a lot of FaceTime with them and got to learn from them and talk to them and like kind of, you know, um, suss out like what I was interested in and what I wasn't. So I thought it was a very good experience that definitely prepared me for the other internships that I had after. I think that's really important. I think, I mean, this is my own opinion. I don't know if people will agree with me, but I do think that doing litigation during law school is so imperative because it's, it's harder useful. to grasp. It's and very it's, it's useful. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to grasp if mm-hmm. you don't do it. No, so, absolutely. Yeah. And, so it, I, and it, it helps yeah. you when you're drafting agreements too. And yeah. when you're looking at a transaction, because the more exposure you have to the litigation side of things and how litigation just works in general, um, mm-hmm. I think you're able to conceptualize things when you read a paragraph about auditing or indemnification. <laughs> 100%. I yeah. like, honestly, I feel like my, just like when I look at a contract now, I'm not so scared of it anymore. Um, just because I'm the one drafting all these yeah. you know, legal pleadings. Right. So, so okay. So we covered <laughs> 1L summer and mm-hmm. let's go into 2L. So I cool. had the same internship all throughout 2L, but you had two different positions, right? So yes. fall and spring were different for you. Yes. So, so take I us through that. Little, uh, give you my little resume. There you go. So, <laughs> so, um, when I was still Paramount, I actually was still looking for jobs. So just because I had a job didn't mean that I wasn't going to be applying to jobs. So I was still applying to jobs constantly. Um, oh, in addition to working at Paramount, I was, I was also in summer school. So I was also taking, um, legal profession or if you busy call it professional bee. responsibility. Oh my goodness. I was, I was so busy. So during that time, I was applying to more and more jobs. And I remember that's when I started networking. And that's that's kind of when I started reaching out to people. And people were like, wow, like, how'd you get Paramount as a one-all? That's crazy. 
And then I remember I came across this one girl. I remember I was applying to Sony or something and I found this girl on LinkedIn. And I remember I called her. I, I actually had a call with her after I had messaged her on LinkedIn. Perfect. She went to Southwestern. Yeah. It was, it was like the most perfect like networking. Situation. I love it when the stars align like that. It's yeah. always just such a nice <laughs> feeling. <laughs> no, I, I, it was great. So I remember, I like distinctly remember where I was when I took the call too. So anyway, I remember talking to this girl and she's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't think we have any open positions for fall, but I'll definitely keep you in mind. But, you know, I do have a best friend from law school who also went to Southwestern and I know that they're looking for interns. And I was like, oh, really? Like, who is it? And so she put me in touch with her friend and then I immediately got an interview, like literally that week. Um, and that's how I got the job. at Rosenlander. Yeah. No, it was, it couldn't have worked out better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's literally how I got it. I couldn't have gone to any other way. Absolutely. Um, I even like got my friends the same position after working there. I think I've had at least four friends work there. Love it. Since I worked there. Um, it's just like putting you in touch with people yeah. and it's, it's well, so you're paying easy. it forward. That's that's the important part. I feel like I think that it's very important to be grateful for the opportunities that you get, but to also help others who deserve it. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, I remember uh, this was when we used to go into offices, which was nice. Um, it was a really nice office. I remember I did. It was all transactional. It was a production firm. Um, we did a lot of drafting, redlining. Um, different types of contracts constantly. I was doing writer agreements, mm. director agreements, actor agreements. Well, not really actor agreements. What am I saying? Um, we did I below feel the like line. the senior attorneys tend to do those. Well, yeah, yeah. That's right. What I, for, I meant, for talent. Okay. I meant below the line talent. Oh, okay. So it was like below the line. And then also um, like distribution agreements. It was just like a whole plethora of agreements. So but was it, was it awesome. one of those cases where like, let's say it's an indie production firm, they're doing a movie and they need a law firm to do all the paperwork because yes. they don't have in-house BA? Yes, that's, Perfect. that's pretty much it. Yeah. So you yeah. basically, <laughs> so the firm you were at was basically just handling everything from start to finish, which also kind of, is yes. very valuable exposure for you. Yes. Yeah. So that's exactly what we did. Um, I loved it. Um, the girls were really nice. I think a lot of my learning happened when they would basically give me an assignment. I, I would have to kind of just figure it out yeah. on my own. Mm -hmm. And, and it was really helpful. I mean, I listen, it's, I'm not, that's not something I want to necessarily do, but it was such a good experience yeah. and it was fun yeah. while it lasted. Well, and uh, it's I like remember, you, you get into all the different agreements again, like it's just useful yeah. to know this stuff. Yeah. And I remember at the time I was also like, I did research on all the guilds, which segues into my next um, mm -hmm. internship. So <laughs> I remember I took finals um, to well fall semester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I started applying again. Um, I believe it was on simplicity. And I saw that SAG after was, you know, hiring or whatnot. And I remember at the time I got an interview, I got an email and the girl was like, you know, like, are you available to come in person for an interview? And I remember saying like, listen, I'm in Florida. I'm on vacation. It's after finals. I, I can't oh come in, God. but you know, can we have a phone call? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. 
we ended up having this like amazing phone call, getting along with them so well. It was with two attorneys, mm. such a good experience. And Stars then I, aligned. I literally remember Suna like two, literally, I'm not kidding. Two hours after that phone call, she called me and said, you got the job. Oh, I love it when that happens. I like wish it, it happened more often. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but it does happen. So that was really nice. And, and the thing about it was like, I was a, I was only a 2L. I had only had two internships under my belt, but like they literally snowballed on top of each other. Like I was just getting thrown opportunities left and right. And it was incredible. So it opens doors. That's the thing. It's like, that's why it's important to get whatever entertainment experience you can, because I had entertainment experience prior to law school. So that's what Mm -hmm. helped me get hired um, during, I mean, for my 1L job. So obviously you were doing everything right. Yeah. It just, it's a snowball effect. So even if it's something that you don't want to do, just, just suck it up and do it. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) so at SAG, um, that's kind of when I started to get more into litigation. So with SAG, um, as you guys know, it's a union, it's a labor union. And basically they, um, they basically make sure that all the, um, talent people, you know, like that, they are taken care of and they're paid well and they're well, not screen actors. Yeah. Screen, screen actors. actors are just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just paid well. They're, mm-hmm. they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I would draft a lot of arbitration materials. I would make oh. like binders. Oh, that's really um, interesting. Yeah, no, it was, it was cool. Um, because there were a lot of like disputes with, you know, like studios, producers, you know, stuff like that. Was it for like, because you have to pay certain minimums if your actors are SAG, I think. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So like, so either like a performer wasn't paid or mm-hmm. like, you know, background actor mm-hmm. wasn't paid correctly. And then I also remember dealing with um, situations where a movie would come out. They would have like a low budget agreement, you know, a movie that just didn't do well and they kind of defaulted. So it's like, what do you do in that case? So that oh, was also interesting. Really interesting. I never thought of yeah. that before. Mm-hmm. So it was like foreclosures on motion pictures, literally. Oh, wow. Um, and then it was dealing a lot with SAG's uh, collective bargaining agreements. So I would, it's like an 800 page document. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember just, those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just like sit through them, um, be like, okay, this background actor worked this day and this day. And it's, it was really cool. I really liked it. And that's kind of when I started to get more into litigation. Um, sadly, that experience ended in March when coronavirus happened. Oh, COVID. I know. It was such an amazing experience. And then when COVID hit, um, I was still able to work remotely, but it was mostly just like research assignments on COVID, which kind of just, you know, wasn't really anything. However, the guilds did release that white paper this summer Mm -hmm. about resuming production so what you were doing was very useful yeah so like you can you can at least be happy about that (laughs) so that actually um that actually is something that's relevant to what I did over the summer but I'm gonna have you take the floor first and then we can get into (laughs) into my summer too well well thank you um so for my 2L internship I got an internship at Universal Music Publishing Group which blew my mind I it was a great experience so briefly I'll explain how I got the internship I think I've talked about this before on the podcast but for anyone who didn't know 
Right. So um, basically, I signed up for our school's mock interview program through our career services office, where you could sign up to be matched with an alum in your preferred field and just do a practice interview for fun. (laughs) And um, I just thought, you know what, like maybe they'll have someone in music, like worst case, it's just good interview practice and experience. Mm So I, you know, filled out the Google form and (laughs) said, I would like to interview with someone who does music law. And I got matched with an attorney at UMPG. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I wasn't expecting that to happen. So during 1L summer on one of the days that I wasn't at my internship, I scheduled the interview, um, did the interview, the mock interview, which was actually really great because I was kind of jittery and excited just because I was so just excited to be in the building. Like I, I was just fangirling internally. So I was, I get very like talkative when I'm excited and I like can't shut up. So that was one of the comments. You said you rambled (laughs) a little bit. Exactly. So, (laughs) so he was like, you know, you rambled a little bit, but when I asked you about your skills and like the things that you're, you are good at and that you can do, like you were very good. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's really good feedback. I mean, you were passionate. Yeah, I think probably. Um, But then he was like, you know, you should just apply to work here. Like I think you're great. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So then what I ended up doing was I applied through our externship office again. Mm -hmm. And in my cover letter, I name dropped and I was like, I (laughs) was able to do this um, mock interview with this lawyer. And just based off of our conversation, it sounds like a lovely place to work. And I feel like I would be a very good fit for the team and everything, all that stuff. So Then I got called in for an interview, which I was so excited about. And I literally remember just driving over to Santa Monica, like rehearsing what I was going to say for certain things, like, because I knew they were probably going to ask me why publishing, why music or like, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it just kind of goes back to knowing your why, which is really important. And like, you should always be thinking of that in law school. If you're not entirely sure, I knew what mine was, which was helping people tell stories because I think that art and music and film and TV and entertainment in general, like we tell stories and those stories become, you know, part of our culture, a part of our history. And they're a very important vehicle for, you know, humanity in a way anyway. So I basically said something like that when they asked me that, <laughs> but I, I interviewed it. with three people, so wow. three people in the same room, which was very intimidating because yeah. one, one of my later supervisors that the, the attorney of the group, she was very silent and like, I was scared of her. And then there was another one of my supervisors who led and directed the interview a little bit more. And then there was another one of my other supervisors, later supervisors, who was also like asking interesting questions. So Mm -hmm. we ended up having just a really great conversation about music. It was awesome because they didn't so much ask me, oh, what did you do at this internship? It was more I think they were probing me for a culture fit type thing because the the team later I found out is very, um, they work together really well. They have really good chemistry. So I really understood um, the value of your personality and these kinds of things. Which so is it's, so important. It's important to be yourself and to be organic and not rehearsed and not like too into yourself or whatever. And like, <laughs> I was just very honest yes. and and I literally was like, hey, I'm just very happy to be here and to be considered like 
publishing is something I'm really interested in. And, you know, it just spurred this nice conversation that we talked, it was just nice. So, and I walked out of the interview feeling like, you know, worst case, I don't get it, but at least I got the chance and we had a nice time. Like my interview lasted like 45 minutes. Um, So anyway, then I didn't hear back for like 10 days. So at that point I was like, oh my God, I didn't get it or Mm -hmm. whatever. But then I got the email saying like, oh, we're like happy to offer you this internship and it was paid, which was even better. Um, So I ended up being there for two semesters. Well, one and a half, because obviously because of COVID, everything got cut short, but Initially, a lot of my projects were research and making spreadsheets and going through the databases and reading all the agreements and like Mm -hmm. seeing whether this writer has a consent provision about settlements or like if, um, I don't know, there were tons of like just stuff like that. I didn't actually start drafting things until towards the end of the fall semester because one day I randomly just asked one of the attorneys, the one I had interviewed with, um, the mock interview actually, and I just want I asked him, hey, like if there's anything I can help with, just let me know. And he was like, do you do drafting? And I'm like, I haven't <laughs> yet, but I've drafted before. He's like, okay, well, I'm it's a good send thing you, some- you did drafting yeah, during yeah. your one L summer. Exactly, and I had some exposure from my job before law school too. But so that mm-hmm. kind of opened the door, and he started sending me things, and we started working together. And like, Love that. I got exposed to a lot of different kinds of publishing deals. So, off the top of my head, I did participation deals. I did some amendments to existing songwriter or co-publishing agreements. I've done terminations, admin deals, and then some deal memos. So deal memos are basically like a summary of the larger agreement and Mm -hmm. they're used internally most of the time so that everyone's on the same page. Like Universal had this whole system of approving contracts. So Um, and they do it through deal memos mainly. So I got to help with a lot of that stuff. And that's why I was so happy when they asked me if I wanted to come back for spring, because I was starting to get more like practical drafting experience, which is what I wanted. But up until that point, I'd been doing spreadsheets for two months, which (laughs) is very typical of what you can expect from a big internship. I mean, at an internship at a big company like that, because- They also just have a lot of things going on where they need interns to do the more like the grunt work, to be honest, of like Mm -hmm. sorting through agreements and all that stuff. And yes, it's tedious, but also you get to become very familiar with how Universal does their deals and like what their contractual language looks like and all that stuff. And I ended up learning a lot. But another really cool thing about UMPG in particular was that um, the business affairs team sort of worked across like it was legal like who did all the deals then there was sampling so like hip-hop uses a lot of samples obviously so you have to clear them so there's a whole sampling team there and I got to work with them and then I got to work Mm -hmm. with the digital business development team and I got to sit in on like their weekly um, digital team meetings and you know so cool just I literally it was the best internship ever (laughs) I love and that. Everyone was so cool. And I just felt like so accepted, even just as an intern. Like I got invited to the holiday party at Elefante in Santa Monica. And like okay, there was um, like tequila tasting, really great food. I got to schmooze with all of UMPG. And okay, it was that just, is like, like amazing. It was like one of those like see, that's why like, people want to get into entertainment for that. That yeah, we do get really great <laughs> for perks. That. 
<laughs> you do get really great perks. But That's also awesome, another Sina. thing is one cool thing I got to do at UMPG was the one of the lawyers I was helping, he was doing the baby's publishing deal. And oh I got to make a table of like, I think they were like carve outs or something. I don't remember, but they needed a chart to go into the agreement. So I got to make that. And then the baby oh came to the God. office for his signing and like we all popped champagne and had cake. It was literally the best thing ever. <laughs> with the baby. Yeah. With that the is baby. incredible. I was there for a couple other writer signings too, but they weren't as like big names as he is obviously right now. But that's the thing. I think like entertainment is cool because you wow. get a lot of perks, but um, it's also difficult to get into and it is hard. But anyway, so that was UMPG for me. Wow. And so we're done with 2L now. Um, so now 2L summer. Yes. Take the floor. Right. The mic is yours. <laughs> so just like you were saying, I mean, the perks are incredible. And that is the primary reason why I wanted Viacom so bad because I knew I manifested it. So after I worked at Paramount, so Paramount um, is basically under Viacom CBS. So Viacom CBS is the parent company and that's, and they have a bunch of, you know, subsidiaries underneath them. Paramount, one of them being Paramount. So I remember like going to Viacom's office and being like, oh my God, this office is incredible. And like, despite the fact that it was like deep in Hollywood and it was far, you know, it was a far drive. Um, I was like, I'm going to work here. I remember manifesting it. And like, I, I honestly seeing, feel that I've done that. I think I like, did that with UMPG. <laughs> okay. I was like, yeah. I'm going to work here next year. Oh I'm yeah. When here. I went for my mock interview, I was like, yeah. I have a feeling about this place. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally manifested it. And I think manifestation kind of has a lot to do with confidence, but anyway, I remember applying, you know, around the same timeline that I applied to Paramount, I applied around December and then instead of having HR reach out to me about a million like questions, I remember um, the group that I, you know, was applying to, I assume, um, the, the assistant emailed me and was like, hi, I just want to let you know that, you know, we're, we'd love to offer you an interview. Are you able to come in this day, this day, this day? And I remember seeing that email during evidence and being like, oh my God, oh my it's, God, it's, I it's love happening. It. <laughs> and um, so this was around February. I remember specifically going in February to the office. I remember going on a tour of the office, seeing all the different coffee machines and be like, oh, I'm so excited. I have to work been here. there. I know. UMPG <laughs> had all the amenities. It was so oh, cool. It makes me so sad just I thinking know. about it. See, so perks. Anyway. The perks are just wonderful. <laughs> I know. So I remember like I, I sat in the office with him and we had an amazing conversation. I, you know what, this actually is a really interesting point that I'll make. So I'm pretty good with interviews. Um, I love, you know, talking to people and I love telling people about my experience. Hence this, this, podcast. Interview, <laughs> this interview was different. So what this oh. interview was, was mm -hmm. he basically gave me a list of hypotheticals and was like, okay, I'm going to like read you a list of these hypotheticals. And I want you to give me advice on what you would do in this situation. That's not nerve wracking at all. <laughs> oh my God. No, it wasn't at all. But for some reason, I somehow managed to pull it together because I found out, I remember I found out that I got it very recently after because I had already known that I had the position before COVID. So if mm -hmm. I, so, you know, based on the timeline, if I interviewed in the beginning of March, uh, February, 
I must have gone it either end of February or beginning. No, of March. we got coffee in March. And you were telling me you got Viacom. I remember this. Well, there you go. Yeah, this was before shutdown. Yeah, you had gotten it like pretty early on. Okay. Yes, you're right. So that was unbelievable. And then I remember just Yeah, you were so so excited. I was so happy for you. I was like, she's killing it. (laughs) I know. Well, hopefully I'll work there someday again in person. But anyway, um, long story short, we, you know, because of COVID, we just didn't know when we were going to start. So we ended up starting like two months late. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ended up extending through to September, um, even though I was supposed to end like early August. But anyway, because it was remote, um, you know, it was a little bit difficult, but my team definitely made sure that, you know, everyone would work well together. We had like constant team calls and I never felt like I was, I never felt like I was not included. Like yeah. they, they had such a good company Mm-hmm. Like, they, it's just like everyone got along so well. The culture was incredible. Yeah. They and I feel so like many... it's very, like, sometimes rare to find that at big companies like that, mm-hmm. which says and a lot about how they run Viacom, which. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, what they prioritize when they hire. Yeah. And the internship, like the internship program did a fantastic job. I remember they brought in like singers. I think they brought in like Tate McRae one day. Like, I don't even know, but it was just like so fun. And then, so basically going off onto like what we actually did at Viacom. So I worked um, for the production risk team. And so what that is guys is when you are, when you have a reality TV show. So I worked primarily on reality TV shows. A lot of them being unscripted, loved it. It was like the best experience of my life. So what I basically would do is we would read diligence reports. We would read background checks. We would read psych psychological checks, like psych reports for like reality TV contestants. Oh yeah. Like, is this person going to burn down the set? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, pretty much because like you have to analyze, like, is this person going to be okay? If like, God forbid they get bullied or something after a show. Oh I mean, yeah, you just, that's true. Like, you don't even think about that. Totally. It happens. Like people are brutal. Oh, they are. Internet anonymity. Gotta love it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I remember I worked on Catfish. Um, I did a lot of Nickelodeon shows. So because a lot of the kids on Nickelodeon. Yeah. So because a lot of the kids on Nickelodeon are underage, you had to make sure that, you know, that everyone else was getting a background check. You had to make sure that their, you know, their Coogan accounts were... (laughs) active you have yeah to just, or that like, like make... their supervising parent or whatever guardian was probably do not looped even in. Had to make sure i even had to make sure that they were going to school oh you know like a set person go. wow so like set school so <laughs> it was really cool but because of coronavirus a lot like a bulk of the work that i did was covid related because you know we like we said earlier in this episode you know sag ended up you know, giving out the white papers and everything like that. So I had to like figure out like, okay, um, is Florida open for filming? Like, can right. we film? I don't, right. I don't know. So I had to see like one, um, like is, do they have to get tested? Two, what are the protocols? Three, is filming even like allowed right now? Like four, do they have to like quarantine when they get there it was like a whole mess but Mm -hmm. I mean it it honestly 
gave me a lot of insight into coronavirus. Yeah. So if you have any questions, let me know. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I have you on it, speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to that, um, we kind of like tried to mitigate risk. That was like right. the whole point of our, right. of our team. We just wanted to mitigate that risk. Um, as it related to like labor and employment, which kind of segues into why I wanted to go into employment mm-hmm. because it, I was, I felt like I was doing that a lot with Viacom and it was mm-hmm. really, really fun. And then that's when I started networking with yeah. so many people within Viacom, mm-hmm. including, you know, people who worked in litigation, people who worked in so many different departments. Um, I even spoke to the employment lawyer there. So it, it, it was a fantastic experience. I, I, I miss yeah. it. I miss and you it so made much. the most of it. That's really nice. Cause I think the challenge about COVID was being remote obviously. And I guess that'll segue into my two L summer <laughs> job, yeah. but I was completely remote too. So my uh, last summer I worked at an entertainment litigation firm, uh, here in Los Angeles in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I still work for them on a project basis. Like if they have anything, they just kind of shoot it over to me and I take care of it. But right. I got the job. Um, I actually locked it down fall semester of 2L, just out of coincidence. It just kind of happened. Wow. So I was being hounded by the career services office to do OCI and like try to get a big law thing. And like, I knew big law wasn't really for me, but I was like, Hey, you know what? I happen to get good grades. So I'll just give it a shot. I like money. We'll see what happens. Obviously. (laughs) I mean, it didn't work out, but I wasn't that sad, but I, because of that hustle, I got very stressed about 2L summer. I was like, I need to lock something down. I need to do something, even though I didn't have to. Like I could have, you know, I didn't have to, but that's not going to stop me because I get frantic with this kind of stuff sometimes. So I was like doing my regular follow-ups with um, the attorneys that I know. And one of them works in entertainment litigation and we got coffee one morning and I was kind of just telling him, like updating him about everything that had been going on and like how I was trying to figure out something for the summer. And he put me in touch. Uh, well, not he didn't put me in touch. He forwarded my resume and writing sample to the firm I ended up working for. Um, but the funny story about it is that I was taking entertainment law at the time and our entertainment law professor was very well connected, very well known. And I asked him, oh, like, do you know anything about this firm? And then basically he was like, yeah, the founder is a very good friend of mine. And like, I've been his expert witness multiple times. Oh I'm my like, God. Oh. And then he was like, do you want me to recommend you? Because if that's something you're interested in, I could absolutely shoot him an email. And I'm like, that works. So wow. um, I sent over, well, I t- he sent over the email and then I literally got a call that was like, Hey, this is this law firm. And, uh, we'd like to interview you. Like, when can you come in? And I'm like, when works for you? And he's like, do, can you come in today? And I'm like, uh, sure. What, what time? <laughs> it was literally at 1230. And he said two and I was like, sure. So I didn't go to con law. I prepared for my interview the 30 minutes before I left to go to Beverly Hills. And again, in the car, I was practicing what I needed, what I was going to say, because like I had never practiced for a litigation like position before. So I kind of had to spin it and be like, you know, creators rights because they're a plaintiff's attorney and like entertainment and like, I don't like big corporations usurping the rights of creators, blah, blah, blah. So I went and I did the interview and like, I thought it went pretty well. Like, 
Uh, it definitely wasn't as conversational as the UMPG interview, but it was uh-huh. still pretty, uh, like I, I had a decent feeling. And like at the end, one of the partners that I interviewed with was like, oh, well, you present very well. And like, we'll get back to you um, within like a week or so. We're also considering other candidates. So it's like, okay, cool. So then I heard back from them like a week later and I got the job. But then everything went remote and the world shut down in March. (laughs) And I hadn't heard from them at all about whether my internship was still going to happen, whether, because like the courts were all closed. And if you're Mm -hmm. a litigator, you can't really do your job if you can't go to court. So basically, I, long story short, we did work something out. Like it wasn't going to be full time, it was going to be project basis. I was going to work remotely. And like I got access to all of their stuff. And it worked out. And I was like, cool. Um, And when I was there, I did a lot of different kinds of things. I did research memos on particular issues. Like one of them was about the American Federation of Musicians, I think, AFM. I think that's what this thing is. But it was something about a guild signatory thing, which, you know, you would more, you would know more about than me. There was a lot of breach of contract stuff. There was Uh publicity, defamation. I got to write like cease and desist letters, his wow. like uh, related to a ver- variety of things, copyright infringement. Um, I got to work on some motions, some pleadings, and it was very educational. Like I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. So it's one of those things where like, you know, when I'm job hunting after the bar or during the study period, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think I could do litigation for a limited period and be okay. Yeah. But I think ultimately what I want is transactional law. But it was a really, really great experience. And um, the I got to work very closely with both partners on a lot of projects. So it was really, really cool. And yeah, so that's basically what I did too all summer. Amazing. Yeah, and I didn't have anything new um, this past fall, but I recently started my new internship last week, which we'll get to. Amazing. But you also have another job experience to talk about, so. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> I actually, when I finished Viacom, I remember thinking like, you know, I'm going into 3L. I have a lot of internships under my belt. I'm not really looking for anything, but my new position kind of just fell into my lap. And I thought, you know what, why not? This is a great opportunity. And I'm really glad that I ended up taking that opportunity because now I'm doing employment law and it really builds off of what I learned at SAG and then also what I learned at Viacom. And so I think it's a really good foundation I, I don't know if I'm going to be going into necessarily just enter, just employment law, mm-hmm. um, doing like wrongful termination type cases, but I think it's like, it's, it's been a really great experience so far. I've been drafting complaints. I've been drafting demand letters and it's really fun to try to just be creative and, mm-hmm. and fix my writing and just, you know, it's, it's also really helpful in terms of research because I'm finally getting into this thing of things on Westlaw. Mm-hmm. So like I'm able to like research and draft and like, I feel like now if I were to just say hypothetically, I was already an attorney, I feel like I could handle what is thrown at me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you want to be yeah. by your three. Well, the ability to figure things out, I think is very important. And like yeah. you're building those instincts, I think. And I definitely felt like when I did the litigation stuff that like, I was like, oh, okay, law school did prepare me for this because it's basically our legal writing class kind of. 
I thought it did. Well, I had to write a brief. I had to write a brief that was basically like the brief we had to write um, the second semester of one. So I, I got, I did a lot with that stuff. So maybe my experience is different, obviously, but (laughs) But I think it's good. And you're continuing that for a little bit this yeah, semester, right? Yeah, just until right? um, next month and then, you know, get yeah. into the swing of things with the bar. But when you're given an opportunity, you need to just mm-hmm. take it. Like, even if it's not something yeah. that you want to do, like, I know that this job is an entertainment focus, but it has given me such a great foundation that mm-hmm. it, it's not something I could pass up. Well, and, also- and similar to your new job. Yeah. Well, also I'll just add to that. I think that employment law is complicated and it's really good to have an understanding of it while going into entertainment because Mm -hmm. entertainment law is also employment law, like a lot of it is. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So back to my, uh, endeavors, (laughs) I started a music transactional internship. So I was in music industry contracts last semester and I loved the class. It was so it was so practical, um, very very practical. So I just asked the professor over break. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> I don't know if I'm too late in the game or like what your situation is, but I really really enjoyed the class and I'd love to continue it. If you're looking for an intern, like, can I be your intern? Basically, I just emailed him, and yeah, he love it. Yeah, and he was like, sure. And, um, he has very high expectations. So like we went all over that over the phone before, like I, um, started work, but I started last week and it's been so cool because I've been specializing. Yeah. Well, actually this is the, this is another, I feel like this is like, so LA like, uh, situation for this internship. Uh So I work outside, I sit in the courtyard, but his office is located on a production lot. So it's the Jim Henson studios. So Jim Henson was the owner of the Muppets back in the day before I think he sold it. But um, Interscope, Geffen, A&M has a recording studio there, or they used to, or maybe it used to be theirs, but now it's Henson's. But there are a lot of musicians that come to record or rehearse. Like apparently Bruno Mars rehearsed his Super Bowl show there. Lady Gaga's been there, like this whole thing. And this past two weeks, rap the rapper Common has been coming to the studio to record stuff. And he said hi to me yesterday. <laughs> Okay, superstar. So basically the way it works is I sit in the courtyard, but everything is super safe. And also we're in Southern California and the weather is like not an issue. It's been really Uh nice recently. So I sit outside, he gives me an assignment and then um, he comes out during his lunch break and he comes and sits with me and we go through it. So basically, um, so last week was like introductory stuff. He gave me, I'm working on producer deals primarily. So he'll give me a contract. Okay. Awesome. And be, yeah. So he'll give me a contract and then forward me the email chain and be like, at the time, this is all the information that I had. And then he'll be like, what do I need to confirm with the client? And what would be the comments you would make on the agreement? And like, it's literally just putting your lawyer hat on, which is awesome. And then I this week I got to do real client things. Like I got to redline a contract all by myself. I got to... Um, <laughs> I actually, yeah, I had to like see whether they incorporated the comments we sent them, all that kind of stuff. It's literally the most practical internship I've ever had. And I wish, Amazing. All, I wish that all internships were like this because when we sit and go through everything, we discuss them at length. Like even that one sentence and in that indemnification provision, like what does that mm-hmm. mean? Like all of that stuff. And it's really helped 
conceptualize everything. So anyway, um, <laughs> if you're still listening, if you're still with us, um, this is basically <laughs> what the kinds of stuff you could expect from an entertainment internship. You might be very hands-on or you might be doing spreadsheets all day, which can happen, but the moral of the story is to make the best of it and learn as much as you can. And um, I think that either way, any experience is good experience. And I think with that, we'll get into our questions that we got this past week. Perfect. Yeah. So we kind of covered this already, but is it possible to get one after one L? So one meaning an entertainment internship after one L. And then another question kind of goes hand in hand with that, which is how to find them and what qualifications you need to actually land one. So as you've heard, you can get them after 1L. Um, I think copyright law is usually required for most of them. And Mm -hmm. our school, we were lucky enough to take copyright during 1L. So um, that's one. Um, Qualifications, I mean, you don't need all the experience to get the entertainment internship, but it helps. Like if you have any prior to law school. like. I feel like for me, I didn't even work in like entertainment legal, mm-hmm. really. I kind of just was a production assistant on a TV mm-hmm. show and that helped. Yeah. And, and something so small like that. I mean, I feel like you can spin so many things, right. um, <laughs> but in addition, in addition to copyright, mm-hmm. um, I know that like after 1L, a lot of people kind of freak out about grades. And I just would like to tell you that I did not have the best grades after 1L. Oh, grades and don't I'm matter still, for entertainment. I still did perfectly well. I ended up getting, you know, all these jobs. So don't worry about that. It is very rare that a place is going to make sure you have a 3.0. Right. Um, I I believe NBC makes you have a 3.0, but the rest of them, I don't think. I have never seen a GPA requirement on an entertainment internship listing before. I know for a fact that NBC Hmm. does, but that's the only one I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. So Yeah, basically, I think that if you are really gung-ho about getting an entertainment internship for 1L or after 1L or during your summer, um, obviously, copyright is generally required, but you could also just apply and see what happens. Um, But I would emphasize networking to like the extreme just because the entertainment world is very small. We've talked about this before. As soon as you hit the ground running in 1L, you should be reaching out to maybe alums from your school or mm-hmm. going on LinkedIn and finding people, but not just adding them on LinkedIn, reaching out to them to set up a call or, you know, back in the day when we could meet up with people like in-person <laughs> coffees, just yeah. because like- Virtual this, coffees now. Virtual coffees or I don't know, like it just depends, but you need to start building a list of people that- you want to have in your circle or in your corner, at least who might, you know, one day be able to give you a job or recommend you, but also in general, it's just great to talk to them and ask them questions and ask for advice and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, if you're a one L now, or if you're preparing to go to law school, start reaching out now, just, um, a a hot tip. Uh, you can look up attorney email addresses on the California bar website, (laughs) So if you find someone on LinkedIn, I would encourage you to email them because I think that you are way more likely to get a response that way, at least in my experience. Oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, I just want to really emphasize networking because this Friday I'm actually having a virtual coffee with my old boss from Viacom. I love it. See, that's that's important. 
Yeah. And you continue it and like you follow up every few months and nurture those relationships because also at the end of the day, like it's nice making friends. Like I, I have, you know, a handful of attorneys now that I feel very comfortable with asking for advice and who give very good advice and they pay it forward too. And it's just, I think that that's very important. Um, And then the last question that we have that we're going to go over is the pros and cons of entertainment specific versus outside experiences that play well later in entertainment jobs. So obviously having entertainment experience is good, but let's say like you can't get the entertainment internship right off the bat. So what would you recommend to try to get into? That's a thing. I don't, (laughs) it's, it's just so difficult to get in if you don't have any Mm -hmm. experience. However, I do have to admit that I've had friends in law school who've had zero experience, but they've utilized the the school's resources Mm -hmm. and they've kind of done it through them through their externship program Mm -hmm. and I think that has been really really helpful I mean I think if you don't really have the experience um you're better off probably having to go through the school and you most likely are going to get an unpaid position Mm -hmm. whereas on the flip side if you have experience like you know me and Suna for example it is kind of a little more likely to get a position at a bigger place, but at the same time, you will get there someday because like we said earlier, it snowballs and all of your experiences are kind of just going to jump on top of each other. Yeah, absolutely. It ends up working out. Yeah, I agree. I think um, one thing I would add, like if you are not getting any offers for the entertainment things that you're applying to, I would go for um, some way to get exposed to contracts and how they work, uh, whether it's, I don't know, like tech or, Oh, for sure. Or something like that. Just so you can at least say that you've drafted things before and that you have transferable skills because yes, when I was at, yeah, like when I was at big beach films prior to law school, we actually did hire two interns while I was there and I was able to see what my boss was looking for. And we had one guy apply to, uh, our position, who had a recommendation from a judge because he had clerked for a judge. And my boss was like, he doesn't have any drafting experience. I can't, I I, I don't want to teach someone. So (laughs) I think that thinking ahead in that way and in the same way, like litigation can be very beneficial just because I think that the skills that you can get from a litigation job are very transferable, but I would try to at least get some maybe intellectual property experience, some contract experience, but again, like networking, because even if you don't get that job that you want, you can still network so you can get one later and your school might have, you know, good resources as Kayla was saying. So it really just, you kind of just have to rely on yourself at the end of the day. Just just (laughs) wing it guys, because everything ends up working out. It does. It really does. It does. And like, it's exhausting and it can be Mm -hmm. very frustrating and you feel like it's so unfair that, you know, these people who have like family members in the industry are just like getting internships left and right. But you know, you can create that circumstance for yourself too. And exactly. that's why on the show, we are big networkers and we encourage <laughs> you to all network. And, yes, we and are. we're always here if you have any questions about that, because I think between the two of us, we have some pretty good uh, skills and I methods. Think so too. <laughs> I think so too. But if you ended up staying this long, guys, thank you for yes. listening. And yes. we really hope that this was helpful to you. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, we will be back with a new episode soon. Bye. Bye.